baby we are here we're up everyone's just hooting and hollering we are vibing we're jiving uh absolutely phenomenal day uh billy didn't realize that i already switched the screens on while he was oh no i did and and having a good time oh my god it is tuesday night which can only mean one thing uh not only did the ravens blow another lead in the fourth quarter but that means it is time for the full tilt dynasty podcast network uh, this, of course, is episode 165, now powered by Fantasy Points. This is our first episode uh, as Fantasy Points affiliates. Uh, we've been uh, working to get here for a couple years, and now we're here. Couldn't have done it without everyone here. Big shout-out to Ben Kikanis. Big shout-out to friend and uh, frequent guest of the show, Scott Barrett, uh, down bad with the Justin Fields uh, situation. <laughs> but there's time for it to rebound. This, of course, is the flagship show. This is the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. I, of course, am your host with the most time on his hands. I am Thomas Tipple FF. Joining me, as always, are my compadres who held it down for me last week. That's uh, at FF underscore RTDB, the man of many. We, we did um, so good that they gave us a whole new media group. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, because you're just the man of many running backs. Uh with your articles every week. And of course, down below there, uh, one of the smartest men on the planet. That's at Big Billy FF, ready to help us with more stats. Giving me more credit every week. Hey, I got to keep, I got to keep pumping it up. I got to keep pumping it up. Uh, That's like an Iron Man tagline. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The smoke shows here. They're hanging out. Another fantasy points. uh, um, Compadre, much love to you. Thank you. Ah, the cute herd, Lucas, uh, producer extraordinaire. Uh, I've trained the man so well, he could do my job. So he's coming for it one day. Uh, Something does look different, Uh, but we're not that different, guys. Absolutely insane week. Of course, we are presented by Underdog Fantasy. We will hit our picks uh, one day. There's always seems to be like one of us that keeps stubbing our toe and and it makes us miss. But I think this is the week. If there's going to be a week, I think this is going to be the week. Look. I don't want to sit here and dilly dally too much. People hate and like in all the comments, like I hate when podcasts go five minutes and they haven't gotten to any points yet. <laughs> you can't do it. You're gonna, and you're committed Look. to doing it. You're committed to making it to the full five. <laughs> but yet they still, they still absolutely hang out and chat with us that long. Uh, news and notes. Look, there's obviously a ton of it. Um, I don't think a ton of people come to us for their injury news. There's 675,422 other podcasts where they will handle your injuries um, and, and all that. Like there's doctors uh, being apparently mystically questioned about uh, being the ones that let Tua play again, all that fun stuff over there on the Twitterverse. Then they're not watching people with your personality. I absolutely agree. But as we always do, we're going to go right. Let's preview Thursday night again. Uh, Thursday is probably going to be a little bit down bad. It's a little bit too soon after the uh, uh, over uh, the Javante Williams sadness, just pure absolute sadness taking the sale, but we're going to try to hammer this out. Russell Wilson actually looked decent last week uh, in there. They did. They did. uh, And they let Mike Boone drop it. So lots to talk about on this one. Thursday night, it is Colts at Broncos. Jacob must watch his Colts play uh, this week in prime time. Could be, oh, could yeah. be rough. You, don't have you can't make him. Damn it. I have, I have free will. <laughs> I do all sorts of things. 
Uh, if, phenomenal. If, if Jonathan Taylor plays, maybe I'll watch because I'm never going to miss primetime JT. But if Taylor cannot play this week, there is nothing that can force me to watch the Jonathan Taylor-less Colts get absolutely slaughtered in Denver this week. No, <laughs> I'll, I'll touch grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I want to push back a little bit on Russ looking good last year or last week, Russ looked like an average game from the Russ we saw in Seattle. Like, I... Oh, it, is a little. The average game that we saw of Russ in Seattle was a pretty great game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we saw, like, a glimpse of what we used to see against the only remaining, or I guess uh, the only 0-3 team at the time. Well, what's uh, what stands out? Stuff has been overblown still, personally. Like, I, I, he well, played well this game. He played well in week one. They lost, but it wasn't because Russ played bad. It's because they kept fumbling at the one yard line. Uh, and oh, then, sure. And then that week three, like, I mean, look what the Niners have been doing to every team that they've played. Like, no, no quarterback has looked good against the Niners. Like, Stafford, who, I mean, I'm a little worried about Stafford, but he got annihilated week four. Uh, the field's weird game. I mean, whatever. Fields looks good against nobody, but they certainly played well on, <laughs> on defense that game. And then, I mean, in week two, we thought that shutting down Geno Smith to zero offensive points wasn't an accomplishment, but maybe it is a little bit of an accomplishment after what we just well, and I that... don't know. I, I feel like the only game that, like, Russ has been really bad where we would have expected him to be good was at home to the Texans. Um, and, and I'm just not sure, like, that that should carry as much water. I don't know. I'm still like pretty optimistic on, on Russ and the, the Broncos offense overall. I'm optimistic. He turns it around. I, I 100%. Like I, I do not think this whole, like the running joke that Russ got a, was it now four years he's locked in in Denver and <laughs> nothing to show for it. Like I, I don't buy into that joke, but God, is it funny to th- think that uh, I, I think, very much we're going to see a lot of Russell Wilson kind of turning this around pretty quick because I, I think it's going to be it's going to be a completely fine rest of the year. I mean, that division, he has to be fine if the Broncos have any hopes of making the playoffs. Certainly. I think what's sad is that we're sitting here saying that he looked good last week, but he was still only 17 to 25. He still had under 240 yards. It was the rushing touchdown that saved him. Hey, and yeah, that... he, he snuck in a PPR reception if you're in PPR formats. Don't forget that. That really boosted him. Uh, he, he would have been sitting at 20 points, which would have been – he would have been hovering around QB 10. So fine compared to how he's been playing. Uh, I think that's okay. But if this is his upside, I'm I'm still scared. But – this week, the matchup, the Colts' defense has looked eh. I mean, Leonard is he's kind of back, maybe iffy, but I don't know. I, I'm not excited about this game. The one player that I want to talk about, because I think in each Thursday game, we got to talk about one player specifically. want to avoid the running back talk, because we're going to end up talking about that later uh, in a segment or two here with Jacob's waiver wire game. I want to talk about Jerry Judy. Because there's yep. still a lot of Jerry Judy discussion to be had. He had a, a good game week one, which was basically one busted-ass play that he ended up scoring on. Then he gets the brutal injury where we all thought his shoulders were destroyed. Then he yeah. comes back and he plays, but he doesn't do too well out there. It looks like Sutton's job. Jacob, you were the Jerry Judy pounder of the table uh, before the season kicked off. Are you dialing it back a little bit or are you doubling down and acquiring? We're at a week four point. 
the big point in the season to make decisions. Where are we at? or week five, I guess. Where where are we at? Yeah, I feel good about Jared Judy. So I mean, I'm pretty much throwing out most of week two, week three based on the injury. Like he plays about a half in week two, then he ends up getting injured, misses the rest of that game. Then week three he comes in, he plays a little over half of the snaps. Um, comes in 50, 59%. So really I'm trying to re- look at just week one and week four. Um, overall, he ends up at seven targets, five targets. Uh, so average of six. And I'm now trying to remember off the top of my head the pass attempts, but I, I want to say his total target share is sitting in around the 18% range. Sutton in that stretch uh, also had seven targets in the first game. He comes in seven targets again this week. So 14 to 12 Sutton versus Judy in those two weeks. And then Judy uh, has been able to found, find the end zone in both games. And so that's been nice for his scoring. He also has a nice uh, catch called back by penalty this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not seeing the issue with Jerry Judy. He hasn't come out and alphaed anybody, but that first game was really weird. They were throwing so many freaking passes to the running backs, the tight ends, where both Sutton and Judy end up at only, I think, like a 17% target share for the game. But he's been running in pretty darn close to a dead heat with Sutton uh, in the two games that they've played. A lot of where Sutton has really separated himself on the whole season is in the two games where Judy uh, either left early or was playing about half the snaps. So I don't have a particularly high preference. I I think that I'm probably more likely to acquire Judy than sell Judy. Um, But that being said, if people are, I don't know, excited about the touchdowns or something and people want to offer me like a 23 first, I mean, I'll, I'll take that you know, or even a 24 first, I'll take that for most wide receivers, but I'm, I'm not viewing Sutton as materially above Judy in, in dynasty based on the two games that they've played together at all. So Andy, uh, obviously fan of the show. We love Andy, uh, resting up, uh, out there, wherever you are, sir. Uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, do you send two time seconds in 2023 for Jerry Judy? Depends where they are probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a totally fine deal to me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, if you're looking at early seconds, which it's way too early in the season to really know where those are going <laughs> to land, but every dynasty league has that one guy who is already tanking for the next year. So it, it, if you're looking at that, I mean, sure, <laughs> if that guy's offering his seconds, but I doubt right. that guy's offering his seconds for Juice. So, nope. I agree. I absolutely agree. I love it. Uh, let's do quick thoughts on this Thursday night game. The other things you're looking for that isn't the other Denver Broncos running backs. <laughs> and uh, we can, we can move on to Billy stat corner, which I'm excited for this week. Last thoughts. Yeah. Really? yeah uh, I just, I, it feels like this is becoming a trend with like Island games. I just don't really want to play anyone here. Look, Patrick Sertan has been phenomenal as a, as a, a cornerback in the league so far the, this year. And um, he's probably going to be on Pittman the entire game. The Colts, it doesn't look like they're going to have Taylor. He was in a boot. They keep saying it looks like he's going to play. Yeah, it, I think not. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't seem likely. Like, I, I don't think this is going to be an offensive explosion. I mean, the the best you might hope to see is the wide receivers for Denver kind of blowing up. But besides that, like Pittman, I would expect this to be one of his less good games of the year. Alec Pierce might have a little bit of something. And we do know at least one tight end from yeah. the Colts is going to have two. Yeah, one of the Colts tight ends. If they would fucking pick one, 
Jesus. Even two. It is Jack, Jack Doyle, baby. They, He's coming back. They are churning out so many fantasy points to the tight end position, and it is infuriating that they are all not even at all startable. Like they they're using a three person rotation, and it's not even a consistent rotation. Like it's going to be a different ever. It's it is infuriating. I I think if maybe if one of these guys was to get injured, and we could see one of Cox or Granson or Woods, honestly, any one of them, if any one of them could get into like the 70% routes range, that would be lovely, but it is, it is gnarly. I'll say this quick. Um, Naeem Hines, just if people are wondering, I wrote up Hines in the column this week, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to Running Back column this week, but the long story short is Hines is probably not going to crest more than eight to 10 carries in this game. If Taylor sits, that's just not really who he is. What we've tended to see with the Colts when, uh, either Taylor's out or or previously when Mack was on the team, or sorry, when Hines was on the team, and it was Marlon Mack that was the lead back and he was out, is that the Colts just tend to pass more <laughs> when their lead running back is out. And if they do end up in a running situation, um, they've tended to split those carries fairly evenly. If I had to guess, it'll be Philip Lindsay off the practice squad that chips in eight to 10 carries of ineffectiveness. Uh, if they're in a position in this game where they can run, maybe it's Deion Jackson. Honestly, couldn't tell you. I certainly wouldn't start either of those guys. Yeah. But I think that Hines is a pretty startable player. Um, you know, we're probably going to see at least six to eight carries. And he's averaged up close to seven targets per game in the games that um, he's been the lead back. Because he earns targets at a really high rate when he's out there running routes. He just doesn't run a lot of routes. I've kind of said he's almost more like a soup, like a poor man's Tony Pollard this year and how he's deployed than a um, – McKissick type because Taylor's actually playing so many the long down a distance, but he gets a lot of creative touches, scheme touches. Uh, I would expect that he's going to get a lot of targets. And, and I think he would project really favorably this week if Taylor is out. And the last little note I add on this game is just that Kenny Moore, Tom talked about this, I think coming off of week one, he's been so bad this year oh, in the slot. Just the worst. Abysmally bad on um, this year out of the slot. I think, um, I hope this isn't wrong, but I, I want to say offhand that he's ranked 104th out of 108 cornerbacks so far that are charted yeah. by PFF this year. If that's off, it's off by one or two. Um, and uh, Jerry Judy by, primarily has been playing in the slot. So if you are potentially looking to sell Judy, I'd wait till Thursday night. I think he's going to have right. himself a game against Mr. Moore. I agree. And that's a great point. It Look, I know Chase, your other co-host on the Wednesday, I do the start and sit show with Chase every, uh, every week on Sunday mornings, Fantasy Intervention. The man is a diehard when it comes to matchups and, and digging into them. If if you're looking at how to exploit matchups, hop into the shows with Jacob. I believe that's tomorrow night. You, you uh, Shane, and Chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, hop into that chat and just start asking questions on how to do it. I've learned so much from him just on how to target matchups. I advise everyone else to do so as well. Uh, and I think that, Lucas, uh, right, I think the question. answer is the same here for all of us. Uh, Pittman. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll do Pittman. I don't yeah, love him in spot this week, but London was hard to trust Mariota against right Tampa now. Bay. I'm hard to trust Arthur Smith. Never mind. I think less Mariota at this point. Look, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back. We're gonna hit Billy's stat corner. Uh, I don't know what the record is. All I know is that we've won the two times that I've been here. So that's where we're at. Oh yeah, they didn't do one last week, so uh, we're two and zero. Oh, so that's how it works. Uh, we're gonna take a quick second. When we come back. We're gonna do Billy's stat corner. I'll run that through with all of you he's gonna he's gonna get it clicking the, the, the talent is everywhere around them on offense even if the coach stops calling plays or even if he doesn't rock up to the game they'll figure out how to get this thing working so if you can get wilson at the price of a kirk cousins or if you can flip him for a, 
I don't know, like if you can flip a Mac Jones and a small piece for a Russell Wilson right now, that's a move I'm keen to do, Ooh. right? Because the I ceiling on a Mac that, Jones man. is never going to get near what Russ is going to produce with his team. It might hurt in the mm-hmm. short term, but that's the sort of move I'm looking for because if he becomes back end of that QB one range and gettable, I don't think his floor is going to drop much lower. Like, you know, even if he's putting up 20 points a week and it's just meh, mm-hmm. he's not going to be a QB one. You're not paying that price. So if you can find something like that, a Mac Jones – Unless Zach Wilson balls out this week, a Zach Wilson in a piece, that's the sort of thing I'm looking to do. You know, to Tom Lee's to Tom Lee's credit, he went out and he did trade for Russ Wilson. And uh he did ball out this week. So shout out to them. You can catch that. Uh we are live Friday nights now uh with the walkabout where we talk about player value guys. It's Billy stat corner. If you're new to listening and you've never played Billy stat corner, you're free to play along in the chat. The only rule is you better not cheat. If it somehow comes out that you cheated. Okay. It's going to get uglier than the poker situation we had uh, uh, over the weekend. It's going to get that ugly. If we find out that you've cheated on this show for Billy stat corner, this is how it's going to go down. Billy stat corner. (laughs) <laughs> Billy is one of these uh, smartest human beings when it comes to most random stats on the planet earth. And he always used to post these in the league chat. So now we've done it here. This is how it's going to work. Billy has a question for Jacob and I, Jacob and I are going to get three strikes to guess this question. We get one uh, hint. We get one hint and three strikes to guess Billy's stat corner. Billy, what do you have for us today over there in your corner? Well, Tom, I'm sorry that you ran it down because I got to change one thing today. Oh, fuck. Oh, I, no. I have never once in the history of Stack Corner given y'all such a small pool of players. Oh, boy. From. Okay. And because of how small that pool is, oh, I have boy. made the executive MBS. decision to remove y'all's hint for this week. Oh, what? boy. No, hey, hey, hey. Am I still a producer on this program? Like, how are you? How did this get okay? Did Lucas, corner. This one's for me. Lucas, did you okay this? I know oh, I gave boy. you number number it's two powers here, but did you okay? This is bullshit. Okay, hit us with the question. All right. We're playing this round under protest. Unless we win, then it's fine. Yeah, then it's fine. Yeah, y'all are about to realize style. how small this pool of players is. Doesn't make it any among, easier. Among rookies. With more than small 10 pool. targets. Well, oh, Jacob small already pool. knows that. <laughs> it's a very small pool. What three players currently lead the league in QB rating when targeted? Oh, this is like spin a top. Okay. So <laughs> 10 rookies more than 10 targets. That that can include, well, I don't think there are any tight ends, but uh, it would include run, running backs as well. Yes, yes. Any okay. any position with more than 10 targets. And that's quarterback. It, it was getting used in that. He'd be QBR when targeted or just straight up quarterback rating? Quarterback QBR rating. QBR when targeted. Okay. Oh, sorry. Oh, Q- QBR or quarterback rating? Quarterback QBR. rating. But, oh, okay. Oh, Those okay. are two different things. That's why we're asking. Well, the, the Spaceman database. QBR when targeted. All right. Shout okay, out okay, Spaceman. Okay. Shout out Spaceman. All right. Well, let's first determine this pool here. Okay. So, I agree. So running backs, Brees Hall, for sure. Yes. And uh, I think Damian Pierce, but he wouldn't have a high QBR when targeted. No, I don't think so. Um, And then not White, he doesn't have 10. And and then um, 
Cook boy, did he might have 10, midnight. but he wouldn't have any that kind of thing anyway. So let's uh, say Drake Walker doesn't have he, 10. For, so it's Drake basically London just breeze for running backs. Yeah. yeah. And then wide receivers, we got Olave, London, um, uh, Garrett Wilson, uh, Burks, probably, um, uh, Pickens. Um, Man, I'm almost inclined. Uh, so I just want to say, first off, we're, we're, Romeo Dobbs. When we're checking down this list, I almost want to say uh, Pickens should be on there for sure, just based on the last week alone. He had a touchdown yet, though. Yeah, but like, okay, so Garrett Wilson has, I believe, two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, I'm and London has two touchdowns. Um, Olave has one touchdown, but he also has like a zillion incompletions, and yeah, I I think he had like some interceptions when he was targeted. So I'm not sure how high his QBR would be. Um, he's the air yards nerds uh, uh pick, but not Dubs has two he touchdowns. Has a, he has a few drops though. That's fine though. He's the had some slots to play. Yeah, but in but incompletions and stuff doesn't hurt his Q doesn't hurt QBR right. as much. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. Right. Like I'm just thinking a touch. So I feel like Wilson is the one I probably feel strongest about, and then Hall I think might be in here because he he also has a um a receiving touchdown mixed in. Uh, he might even have two, but he has at least one. I think not a lot of just because there's like, because the, uh, there's been like some, like there was all that, there was that Prairie Yards game when Winston was like constantly making like bad now, choices. Lucas has this right here. He was under 50 going okay. into last week. Okay. So I think it's going to be, I think we're, we're looking at Wilson, London. Oh, Dotson. Dotson only gets targeted and they all result in touchdowns. Yes, that's yes. the one. He's, he's, yeah, Jahan Thielen. Okay, that's the one I want to lock in. You want to go lock in Dotson? Dotson? I want to lock in Dotson because all of his targets are touchdowns. Okay, Jahan, we're going to go Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson is number four. What? Just what? Barely outside of this ranking. That Wait. stuns me. I. I definitely thought he was going to be up here as well as. Okay, so that makes me rethink. Oh well, he had the bad week three at like eight targets for ten yards, but, but I didn't everything think that would else he does is touchdowns only. It's amazing. Okay, um, he's like he's like I don't know, fucking yeah, he was, Jordan he's, Howard he's of wide receivers. Well, it's unbelievable. Okay, so that's upsetting. So we're left with I think in consideration. Wilson here, has to. Ha- Wilson, Wilson has London. to be a one. Yeah. Okay, Wilson. Yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna go Wilson. Garrett Wilson. All right. Garrett Wilson is number two. Okay. Okay. So we're okay, on the board. One. We're on, the, on board. the board. So so Dubs, London, um, Pickens, and Hall, I think, are the other candidates here, as far as I can think of. Unless there's somebody deep that I'm I'm misremembering, but I think that that's that's the main crew here. Yeah, um, I I would agree. I just, All right. Well, well you pick, you pick one because we have we have two strikes. So you you pick anyone right. that you want, and then I'll pick anyone that I want. And if we're still alive and we don't have them both, then we'll talk up the other two. Drake London has been an absolute baller whenever Arthur Smith decides to not run the ball fourteen straight times. Uh, he's been a baller. He's up there in target share. He has scored the touchdown. He's had good fantasy games already. I couldn't walk away from Billy Stackcorner and not say Drake London. I have to do it. So I'm going to say Drake London. Drake London? Yeah, yeah, go with London. Drake London did not make oh. it. Fucking Marcus Mariota. Where was he? What's uh, he ranked? Not good. 
<laughs> oh, for fuck me sideways. Okay. That's All right. Fine. Well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be me if I didn't guess my boy. So okay, I gotta go I gotta lock in Romeo Dubs. All right. We're 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 I feel like that would be a player Billy would make sure to highlight here. Romeo Dubs is number one. Oh QBR my god. Let's really? Go. Let's go. Oh, okay. oh. We've, got, we've got two strikes and we have also, got two uh, right. Just to clarify, I think Wentz threw like three picks when targeting Dodson. Oh, that's not good. That's Wentz. not good. Yeah. Yeah, we just um, got uh, Play Naked. We just got Dubs. I don't think um, it's Alec Pierce, but it, it, it could be. I don't think it's Alec Pierce. I don't think it's I, Alec Pierce. I, I, I think we'd like have. I think it's. I think it's. Possible, and it's got to be. kind of like Brees Hall, but. Pickens and Brees Hall. Oh, my man. vote is Hall, but if you want to go with Pickens, then I love that situation because either it means we win or I get to be like, I was right. So I kind of <laughs> like that either way. <laughs> okay, we can go. Oh, man. I somehow think that a running back might do it. And how, how do you have a bad quarterback rating targeting a running back? It'd be almost impossible. Uh, but Pickens has been good every time they throw him the ball. I Oh, wait. Was Pickens targeted when – uh, pick it through his interceptions though last uh, week yeah, that's well, the, th- the question the third, one was a, the third one was a hail mary and i have no idea who the target was i don't know how they would grade that in claypool okay okay uh and you you said pickens was your pick no my pick is hall but okay i'm, okay, I'm open if you want to make pickens the pick because i don't have that much confidence you know what like for, this is a billy stack corner and billy has done nothing but talk up Brees hall for the last three weeks so we're gonna go with Brees hall as our third and final answer Brees Hall is not oh, no! Surprisingly, on a list of 11 players, the final answer was not even named by you. What? Two. What? Who was it? No, I'm is it, is it, Burks. Really? Oh. No touchdowns. No, no touch- touchdowns. I said it, it briefly oh. off the start, but I was like, nah, it's not Burks. Oh, I, I didn't hear that. We, I got, we got holes. No, at the very beginning, I was like, Burke, I was just listening to people with 10 targets. I was like, this guy, this guy. I was like, oh, Burke's had 10 targets, and it wouldn't be him. He but has a very good yards per reception right now, which is kind of kind of bolstering that a little bit. Wow. There and, we go. That's uh, unbelievable. Targeted. I, I was very surprised. I was hoping uh, just barely – that Kyle Phillips made it in here, but he didn't, unfortunately. That's why you know what? When you're like, he didn't make it. I was like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be Kyle Phillips. Like somehow, Kyle Billy's Phillips. found a way to shoehorn his way, uh, shoehorn his guy into another Kyle question. Phillips was just below John Dotson. All That's right, let's move on here. Unbelievable! That was Billy Stack Corner. We lost that one. Jacob and I played under protest. Uh, it was changed yeah, up at the true. last minute. This was bullshit. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We've got the waiver wire game, and then we get into the real meat and potatoes, uh, if you know what I mean. Sit tight. What, what are you doing with Austin Eckler? Because I, I have a few shares of Eckler, and luckily it's on teams that I have a hell of a lot of other depth. Not a brag, <laughs> slight brag. Um, so I'm not too <laughs> concerned. But if he's your guy and he's, he's the one that you had pegged as like, this is the dude who's going to get me over the line each week, you have to be tilting your face off right now because I'm not sure what you do with him. I mean, I don't think that you, you can do anything but hold and hope that his value goes up. He is up against the age cliff that we talked about earlier. He yeah. was being drafted as the third running back off the board and redraft. He's going in the third round of your startup dynasty drafts because people saw what he could do. And they thought that his floor was fairly safe just based off his receiving work. He has shown that. 
but he has shown that his ceiling is extremely capped. And we all knew that he couldn't produce 22 touchdowns again. Wasn't going to happen, but man, that has really been hurting his value that he can't get in the end zone consistently. Hey, yo, once again, that was from the walkabout last Friday. Uh, you can tune into that. Uh, get through your Saturday and um, get ready for Sunday with the walkabout. That's on Friday. That'll be at 8 Eastern time. Or, sorry, 8 Central time and 9 Eastern time. Just like this program right here. Jacob, break down the waiver wire game. I didn't get the pick last time, um, but That's I'm true. picking this time. All right. So the way we play this waiver wire game, everybody gets $100 to spend however they wish throughout the entirety of the year uh each week uh we each get to nominate a player off the waiver wire we do that by picking players that are under 50 percent rostered across yahoo leagues so yes not your league maybe your league some leagues about half of them in fact but jacob uh, in my league there's no way that player is still on the waiver wire well, he just might be uh so we nominate one player each and then we all get to put in blind bids on who we want of that player we yep. can roster up to a total of three players the entire year. And of course, we can spend up to $100 total the entire year. Our score is the cumulative total at the end of the year of any player that we rosters that points above replacement. So points above the top 24 running backs, top 24 wide receivers. So far, our rosters after the first couple of weeks was I had uh, Garrett Wilson and LOL Mac Hollins. Uh, for one dollar, Billy, um, uh, Billy has Khalil Herbert and Jahan Dotson, and Tom has Raheem Mostert. Uh, Fucking Chase Edmonds! I like, none of those players go has actually away. scored uh, above replacement since the time that they were picked up. Although Khalil Herbert and Raheem Mostert were like I think twenty five and twenty six on the running backs yeah, this week, so they got they got real close, but uh, no cigar. So. Chase Edmonds in those fucking touchdowns, man. This week, uh, my nomination to the waiver wire game was Tyler Algier. Billy, who was your nomination? My nomination was George Pickens. And Tom, your nomination was? Uh, Mike Boone. uh, Playoff failure legend himself. uh, Mike Boone. I still believe. Do you like Mike Boone or Aaron Boone more? Um. Aaron Boone had the cooler moment when he downed the Red Sox. So I'm going to yeah, go Aaron Boone. I prefer Boone life. from life. <laughs> uh, Phenomenal. So I hate Aaron Boone so much. Um, all right. Those are the three players. Every player sent me their blind bids. I have a time-stamped photo of my own bids to prove that there was no shenaniganery. And I can reveal that for a bit of $25... Sorry, that's the wrong number. For a bit of $20, Tyler Algier goes to Tom Temple, a famous Tyler Algier hater. What a turn of events. I can also reveal We just need a couple of weeks. For a bit of $20, Mike Boone goes to Thomas Temple, big spender this week. This shows uh, my desperation in real life leagues for, for running 30, backs. For $35. So Tom Pickens goes to Tom Tiffle. So Tom wins every bit. Tom's now spent $78 of his hundred for the year. I thought Uh, we had 200, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still going to Daniel Bryan my way. I only need a couple of weeks. George Pickens. It's on the show sheet. It's on the show sheet. He has no excuse. (laughs) 
So Thomas, I don't read my own have, show sheet. He does have, however, Mike Boone, Tyler Algier, George Pickens, uh, Billy. Uh, he is still sitting on Dawson and Herbert. He has fifty dollars left. I, I, I have Garrett Wilson quick. and Matt Collins, and I have seventy six dollars left. I real quick want to shout out Khalil Herbert was twenty six last week, and Jahan Dotson was twenty five. Well, you hate to see that. I'm never going to get points. That was, <laughs> that was my best chance. Well, that's why, chance. look, I think that clearly this whole waiver wire shenanigans scenario, like Mike Boone is going to be the most picked up player, and it's probably not going to matter because Latavius Murray is probably the guy you want to roster anyway. Probably. Like, that's just how it's going to work. That's how it's going to work because that's how fo- like, this whole year, that's how fantasy football is going to go. But I feel like if there was ever a time for Mike Boone to exist, it's, it's now. And he's going to be the most picked up player in fantasy when waivers run tomorrow. He is. He's going to be the most picked up player. Jacob's probably going to all of a sudden go from like three rosters to he's going to be like 98% rostered by oh, Jacob. Buddy, if you think I only have three Mike Boons, you do not know how I played Dynasty. I'm already sitting on eight, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> That's so amazing. I but checked my I, I checked my Dynasty planet as soon as I saw the injury. First, I was really sad. And then I was like, well... Let's see what the damage is. I'm like, all right, how many Javantes do I have? And it's like three. I was like, well, that's pretty lucky. And then I'm like, how many Melvin Gordons do I have? And it's like seven. And I was like, all right, we're going to do this. And then I was like, I'll probably roster some Mike Boone. I see eight. And I started laughing my ass off. (laughs) And of course, of the three running backs in the Broncos backfield, the one I have the most of in Dynasty is fucking Mike Boone. But yes, that number should be about 35 by tomorrow. And one one thing that amazes me is that Latavius Murray is probably still not going to get picked up. Even though Latavius Murray was usable last year with the Ravens. He's like one of the least exciting players in fantasy football, probably history. But when he gets touches, uh, he's been fine. And you're probably going to need an injury to Melvin Gordon to really, but I think Latavius Murray shouldn't be slept on, but that's the waiver wire game. We're going to keep you up to date with how this is going. I need to learn how to read last week. I screwed up how the game was supposed to, uh, reveal the fab this week i screwed up how much fab we actually get i'm gonna recover mike boone rb1 this week on thursday night it's happening get ready when we come back we're gonna we're gonna talk about some stuff we got right and we're definitely gonna talk about quite a few things that we may have gotten wrong uh here's a clip from andy's uh week five teaser of the college football for wednesday's Full Tilt Devi Pod. Enjoy. After last season's nine touchdown, ten interception performance, uh, which also had some serious accuracy concerns, uh, DJU's really cleaned it up. His QBR is now at 77.3. He's got 11 touchdowns to only one interception. Last year, his QBR was a paltry 43.2. And as I had mentioned, he had that those accuracy concerns. Uh, his adjusted completion percentage is now at 76.2. It's almost 10 points higher than it was a season ago. Yards per attempt is also up nearly two yards, and he's now had three straight games uh, with over 50 yards rushing. And most importantly is his team is undefeated, uh, back-to-back wins against ranked opponents. His profile is getting bigger again. If I can buy him at a reasonable price, I think I'm doing it. Uh, So welcome back to the Debbie stage, DJU. Yeah, the man was left for dead, and he's just absolutely oh, Jesus, Billy, with the forehead there. Oh my God, I was not prepared a for that. Change and mimic. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God, that was wow, unbelievable. Also, shout out to Andy, one of the best beards in the game. That's just—it's absolutely phenomenal. 
uh, yeah, with that I couldn't, I couldn't copy that. I could do the glasses and the jersey, but I yeah. <laughs> and you know, pressing the old forehead. Look, this is a spot where uh, we normally do our player picks. I want to get to those a uh, little bit after. I really want to get into uh, what we got right, what we got wrong, so we can spend as much time on that as possible. Uh, so this is what we're going to do. Look, we believe, and we've always believed this. Being transparent in this game is one of the most important things. Uh, we can obviously sit here and tell you that we've won, you know, 94 out of 97 of our leagues. Uh, we, we never lose every week. We set the optimal lineup, but everyone knows that that's bullshit. Like there's, there's no perfection in this game. It's just hope and prayers. And there's a long off season guys. Uh, we obviously run this show weekly in the off season. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. We we're up and down. I call Jacob a, the king of flip flopping because he has one opinion, and the, by the next show, he's already had seven thousand conversations on Twitter and in group chats, and he's already sourced data to change his mind. And then I get mad because I haven't done that, and then I catch up two months later, and things are already different. Things change; they change all the time. So we get some stuff wrong, and we're going to take some time to to be uh, what, clairvoyant. We're we're going to really. We're going to really show our truths and talk about some stuff that we got wrong. And of course we're going to victory lap some things that we got right. That's important. And, and we're, I like to think we're smart people sometimes. So I think four weeks gone by is, is long enough. Jacob, uh, you look locked and ready to go. I'm ready to let's, rock. let's start with something. We're going to start with the negative first. Okay. Let's get the negative out of the way. What is something that you got adamantly wrong, super wrong this year in fantasy? So I get like player takes and stuff wrong, like all the time. And what I always try to think of whenever we do like things we got right, things we got wrong stuff. It's like, I always try to think back in terms of, especially like, what are the things that I got wrong that were either like process based and like ideally things that were maybe somewhat foreseeable where like, I can look back and say like, if presented with that opportunity again, you know, I would do something different, not just because of the results, but I think like I wasn't necessarily seeing the board um, in the best possible way, um, or at least like something that's more systemic, you know, not like one player who was bad, but you were able to get things, other things, right. Looking at the same things. Otherwise I think that's sometimes where people make mistakes is they almost overlearn lessons from things that, that they get wrong. I think, so mine are a little bit more conceptual. I think probably one thing, and this is specifically relating to like best ball and redraft, but def- definitely, I think it has some dynasty carryover is that, I was really, really emphasizing some of these, uh, uh, so these good offensive situations in a lot of my best ball content and really kind of out on certain players based on just sort of saying, you know what, I need to get rid of some players. I can't have them in my player portfolio. And so I'm going to X out these ones that I don't think necessarily have the, uh, the upside in the offense. And I think, you know, there was reasons for that that I talked about a lot in my articles, but I think probably going with too much certainty on which sort of offenses could be competent and which ones couldn't be, um, I think ultimately led me astray in some spots. Specifically, you know, I well, we can talk about Sky Moore some of the time in Dynasty. I, I have no issues with him in Dynasty. Right. But in, uh, in redraft, I mean, I wish that I had a lot less Sky Moore for sure, um, just based on the run out and stuff we've seen so far. Um, and certain guys that I didn't draft a lot of, but like that I would allow into my player pool. Like, Guys like MVS and Gabe Davis were guys that I was like, I don't really think that they're worth what their price was, but I'll have like four or 5% of these guys. Like I'll work them in a best ball when like those should have been the guys that I was zeroing um, in reality, uh, just because they're not 
frankly, very good players. Um, and I, and I think that in terms of, uh, the guys that you miss out on, like, I'm not super concerned actually about missing out on Rashad Penny. Like he had one good half out of eight total. So I'm actually like pretty fine feeding Rashad Penny still. Uh, but like Pierce looks pretty legit. I'm not sure I would have taken him at his cost, but he definitely looks legit. Lockett and DK are guys for sure that I wish that I had way, way more of. Uh, just based on them, we know they're good players. Um, wasn't really even a question. We knew they'd have good roles. It was just a matter of like, what can the Seattle offense do? And, you know, they look like guys that I think are going to be smashing. I wish I had way more Lockett and DK in, in basically all formats right now. So those are guys I really wish that I had a lot of. And there's certainly other examples, but that would be, I think, conceptually something that I would look at as being a little bit more stringent on my X outs on certain player archetypes um, and maybe a little bit more open-minded to some bad situations. Yeah, no, it's it's important. And you're right. I mean, DK, luckily, is somebody that I took so early I couldn't afford to let him go. So I, that's that's been okay so far because Geno Smith's a god. I think he makes some great points, man. It's It really is important to be clear on your process. Uh, Billy, something you got wrong this year. Yeah, Jacob just mentioned uh, half of this backfield that I'm going to talk about. This, this is a bit more uh, a bit more concrete than abstract, but uh, I am gladly going to eat crow on the Seattle backfield. This was analysis I did over the summer where I said Seattle has shown a tendency to want to run the ball. They got rid of their quarterback because they refused to let him cook, which maybe we're seeing what that would have looked like in Denver right now, but the point still stands. And they showed a tendency last year to just give Rashad Penny the ball with, with all the happiness in the world. And what's upsetting to this, and the reason I have to eat crow on this, is because it feels like we're in the right situation where this should have happened. If I told you that at the start of the season, the Seahawks are 2-2, two and two, and they've scored more total points than the Chargers, the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Vikings, Buccaneers, Saints, Packers, oh. Titans, you'd probably say Rashad Penny must be a wide receiver or a running back one easily. But that's not the case not, because no. all of a sudden Gino is the best quarterback to ever play the game. Let Gino cook. Let's go. It, it's, it's bizarre. And – Penny has sustained that workhorse role. Walker is not feeding in. I know he was out partially, and he's just now kind of working his way into that offense. But as of right now, he is not cutting into Rashad Penny's workload. Travis Homer, like it is just Penny in that backfield right now. And it feels like there's nothing to show for it outside. I want to say I pitched the eating crow concept this week during the Seahawks-Lions game. And I watched that game and went, boy, I was wrong on Seattle. And, of course, Rashad Penny had to bite me one more time and go nuts. But that's kind of just how the situation works. You want to buy into some of these guys where you see the team wanting to lead in a certain direction. And sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. Unfortunately, this time and moving forward, I'm going to say I was wrong on Rashad Penny. Well, it's one of those things where you have a player last year that, like, legitimately won leagues last year in Rashad Penny. And if you were to say, oh, last week he had 17 carries, uh, he had a reception, he had 157 total yards and two scores, you'd be like, this guy's a top five running back. Like, he was he was top five the rest of the way last year. He won leagues this year. He's having performances like that. 
nah, nah. Uh, in uh, points per game, as of right now, he's RB25. Like, he's been uh, unplayable up until a horrific game for Detroit. So, you're right. Sometimes uh, signs might be pointing your way, but at the end of the day, um, it's not going to work for you. Look, I was going back and forth for myself on things that I got wrong. So I'm going to go with one, but I'm going to do a small shout out to the other. My small shout out is going to be Trevor Lawrence being a career YOLO ball specialist. Uh, the man still likes to throw into double coverage and he lost what four fumbles this last week against Philly. Philly's a really good defense. The weather wasn't great. Uh, Jacob is currently shoving an entire piece of food into his mouth. Uh, that was almost a full fist load. So shout out to that. Um, well, I have some ripple chubs, but I put the mic on mute, you know, because I'm a considerate co-host. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I saw that. I just, you just, I just saw you cram an entire mouthful at once. It was very distracting. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I did nothing but talk shit about Trevor Lawrence's inability to not throw into double coverage this year. He's gotten away from it a bit. Uh, it's still been ugly at times, but it really does look like the arrow is pointing up. Please run the goddamn ball more, please, for all of us. But what I really got wrong, and I believe this so strongly, I talked about it here, I talked about it on the walkabout, felt very strong that Cam Akers was good to go. Like, we were going to get the Todd Gurley workload the efficiency, the touchdowns, the receptions. He was locked in the top five. And I, I believed it. I said, there's no way he comes back from that Achilles injury. Is the bell cow throughout the playoffs, fresh off of this injury, Darrell Henderson cannot get back on the field. Sony Michelle got outplayed. Uh, this is the guy. And that guy in the Rams offense this year is locked and loaded. If he had the workload, the touchdowns, the targets, all that, He's coming in. Sean McVay always talks about a committee and never does it. And what's happened? Can makers can't do shit. Uh, it, it hasn't worked out. I don't need to sit here and rattle off a bunch of numbers because everyone's already done that on Twitter routinely. Uh, shout out Kev. Uh, really, really hammering at home every week. But he's been bad. Uh, that offensive line is bad. That whole offense has looked putrid outside of Cooper Cup. I think I don't think it's the offense that we expect. Maybe it gets better. But this is every year it gets it gets one person on the internet at least. This year it was me. I went after projected workload and I thought there's no way Cam Akers isn't going to get it. And if he gets it, there's no way he's not going to produce. Well, guess what? I traded 106. This year in the draft for Cam Akers straight up uh, before the draft. And I regret it because these rookie wide receivers look damn good. They look damn good, Jacob. I made a mistake. I done fucked up. Um, so shout out to Dave Kluge, uh, who received my 106 pick. I hope you're enjoying it. I've made terrible mistakes. It does happen. And I'm sorry if you went and grabbed Cam Akers on my behalf. I will Venmo you enough money to buy a coffee. Okay. Not too many at once. Okay, I'm on a budget. Uh, time I don't know. Have you seen the price of coffee out here in Vancouver? <sighs> yeah, that's why I still live in the middle Find a coffee for less than three Canadian dollars challenge. Okay, okay Tim Hortons coffee. Tim Hortons coffee. <laughs> that's not coffee. That's cold water. <laughs> Fair enough. But, hey, yes, I, I admit I'll eat crow on thinking Cam Akers was going to come. Now, uh, I'll preface it with this. I do think he's somewhat of a buy right now because I don't think it stays this bad forever. We he can't will keep be doing this. The thing, is, the, the thing that is so depressing to me is that I was like, 
I, I couldn't have gotten it more right on Acres, and then Hendestrin is still totally useless. It's like yeah. paining me. Like, and you know what's the most? Someone told me I was going to get this many Hendo snaps, and he would still be unstartable. I want to kill myself. I mean, I don't even see like this. I don't know. The Rams are a, are a disaster right now. For anyone that's not copper, the hate crime, but. I digress. <laughs> hate crime Higby coming back. And the, oh. one of the funny things with me with Cam Akers is when he came out, you were all about Cam Akers. You loved Cam Akers. Mm. And I was like, nah, Cam Akers ain't it. Cam Akers is, is shits. He's, you know, he's not going to be it. He's not going to be it. Then he gets hurt. And then all of a sudden he comes back and has like super inefficient games. And my brain went, Cam Akers is it. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. And I had nothing to back that with. And it was a lot of projecting. And I've learned. And and I'm a better I feel like I'm a better person for for sharing and opening up to you guys about that. I appreciate the lack of judgment, even though Jacob wants to laugh at me. I can see it in his face. No, no, I, um, I think that the acres bad was like I was so close to being all on acres. Like it was there was like a point in time where I had to make it because I mean I had all these acres shares from like that I was holding through the injury or bought after the injury. And and it was like very much like a July, August situation where I was like, all right, I need to make a decision of what to do here. Do I want to be holding a big acres bag or, or do I want to sell that bag? And I, I, I sold the bag, but there's an alternate timeline where I'm, where I'm just like eating acres pain all over the place. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's going to be an MCU story about uh, your multiverse uh, for sure. Yeah. Things we got right. Let's see. We're going to shift this to a positive vibe here. 50 minutes in, we're going to do a small week four uh, to this point. Victory lap. Got to be Billy, careful. Cause a lot of these can still go. <laughs> uh i'm pretty confident in mine that's why i picked it billy we're gonna start with you what is one thing that you are super excited that it appears that you've gotten right yeah i i'm so excited to talk about this because i it felt like this was my soap my soapbox the entire year i was <laughs> fighting about this in in leagues league of record i was debating a Brees hall with this guy for the entire offseason Nah, shout shout out the name. Don't don't you? They're listening. Who oh, was yeah. it? Paradox. If you're out there, <laughs> fuck you, Dabs. That's what's yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? So oh, ju- just to run down like a couple statistics, Najee Harris has maxed out an eighty percent snap percentage in a game this year. That is his most. So through four weeks, that is the most he has. He has not last year the entire season. He was not under that percentage in, or I was saying that wrong. He was under that percentage. Stumbling on your victory. Four games. He is already one game away from that record. His current highest PPR points set 14.10 points, which is a mark that he did not touch besides his first game as an NFL running back until week 12 last year the biggest thing propping him up was his 94 targets that is a mark that is the fourth highest among running backs since 2010 wow standing there with saquon barkley christian mccaffrey alvin kamara this year he is on pace for almost half the total number of targets he had as a rookie look naji harris i i said this all along his workload was the only thing st- sustaining his insane level of production. He is not an efficient player right now for the Steelers, whether that's him, whether that's that O-line, whatever you want to say. But the fact that they are trying to better their team to move into the passing offense, 
I it's just bad for Najee Harris. And as much as the guy seems like a great guy, it does feel very vindicating to see him currently sitting at running back 26 on the year. And it's it's maybe the offense gets better now with with Kenny Smallhands, old man Pickett uh, at the helm. Like the offense did look like he was, but he looks like he's going to chuck the ball downfield. And yeah. Najee's not an explosive player. I said at the draft, he was what? He's flashy James Conner, and it looks like he is that way. So, Billy, I saw you in those league chats. I saw you putting up the fights. And, and we did this. Out. We've already done this with an Alabama back, right, where we had, like, the 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 inefficient plotting profile with the inefficient plotting rookie season, and then we took him at the one-two turn afterwards with Jacobs. And then he, like, lost value and lost value and lost value. And then at some point, then he became an actual value. And I'm sure in two years, then we'll be, like, buying Najee Harris again when he's not Yeah, the difference is Jacob's four years after his rookie year is 24. Najee That's Harris true. is going to be Najee will be in the retirement home, yeah. 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 I, I'm proudly riding with you on this one. I, I have uh, 0% Najee on 200 and uh, – 246 best ball drafts. I have 0% Najee and I have 0% Najee in Dynasty. So I'm very happy to be riding with you on the, the Najee Harris. Uh, I drafted I drafted one share of Najee for redraft. One, and that was in the Discord uh, redraft league. And it was in like the third or fourth round. Well, I, I actually, I took Scott Barrett's advice and I started three straight running backs. So, so far it's, it's go. going okay. It could be better. Shout out to uh, Scott Barrett though. Uh, I still believe in the Shout out Jacob who... Has had 780 points put up against him in that league. Oh, yeah, God, I'm getting yeah. you're getting demolished. I'm getting a barrage. Andy. I think I'm I think I'm two and two, right? Is that right? I'm not sure. The, the, yeah, you're two and two. The highest points for is also Jacob with 40 <laughs> points less in that record. In that okay, league. so I'll be entirely honest. Like I have a lot of leagues, so I, I like just frankly like I don't check like the points for and points against whatever. But it is very funny that you say that because like I had no idea of this, but. Every week, I've just like kind of looked cursorily at the score. And I'm like, I feel like I'm like putting up a lot of points, and I'm not really yeah. sure why I'm not winning every week. But I was like, maybe it's just the scoring settings. Yeah, you're um, and, now, and, now, and now I'm looking at it. Yeah, I have 749 points for. Nobody else is over 700, and somehow I have the highest scoring points for that isn't me is Billy. Congrats at 699. My points against is 778. So people <laughs> playing against me is outscoring the next highest points for by 100. Hey, when you're, the, by 40. when you're the lead analyst or player profiler, Jesus people Christ. bring their best. They talk to their team. They have coach speaks. They go full Denzel and that we're going to be perfect every time they see Jacob Sanderson uh, come across. Absolutely freaking molly watch that's hilarious <laughs> yeah i um, just saw that so i figured that was... anyhow uh i'll say this I got... oh, you go. oh I, I was gonna let you go last and oh, yeah go for it for, for your in-depthness uh things that i got right i want to give uh again i'm gonna do one small and, and then my main my small thing i got right baker mayfield sucks he sucks. He's ass. He's going to lose his job to Sam Darnold. He sucks. He's finding a way to ruin some of the best fantasy options there is. He is terrible. He's dog water. He's absolute trash. He's garbaggio. He's dust. He's a bust. He's awful. So there's that. Bring back Sam Darnold. We can have top-tier DJ Moore games once again. I'm sitting with you. John? I'm going to pull that clip of you telling me to go trade a 23-1 for Baker Mayfield because you, sir, can shove it. I relied on him. I, I feel like we did the same bit last year week four. 
yeah. And, and he still sucked. He and still like then we did it week eight. No, I, th- I think and, the bit we did in week four was Tom talking about how good Sam Darnold was. And it's yeah. proven that Sam Darnold is a better fantasy option for DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey than Baker Mayfield. So I'm somehow still going to victory lap that. But the main thing I want to talk about this year is Tyreek Hill. Because he like Odell's dad, right? <laughs> <laughs> Damn sideline. Good call. Good call. Oh, phenomenal. Oh, I'm like dizzy from that. That was, uh, but anyway, whoo. Um, look, it's Tyree kill for me. The fade on Tyree kill got to be out of control. It was out of hand. Um, I understand that we were weary about uh, Tyree kill, but I just wanted to, I actually pulled a receipt. This is Tom Lee and I talking on the walk about, about a trade I made for Tyree kill that Jacob and I actually kind of went back and forth on, uh, when it happened. And I'm, I'm just, this is the clip from that show. I believe this was, uh, January 2nd. I think it was, I traded for Tyree kill a 2024 first round pick and JD McKissick. I traded away Isaiah McKenzie, a uh, 22 first, a 22 second, another 22 first, and a 23 second. Mm. Now, those picks, very important here. One is pick 107, one is pick 112, one is pick uh, 207, and then my 23 second. So, pretty significant capital there. Uh, I I like JD McKissick. I think he's going to be a fine flex play, especially in the dog days of the season. But this is a situation where I was willing to pay two firsts to go that's, and get. That's what this comes down to, right? Yeah, because yeah, he's a two first player, and I thought maybe I could get a value on it. The only value I got there is that twenty four one, which I'm very fortunate enough to know that that person I traded with doesn't really care about those as much as yeah. we might. <laughs> Look, um, multiple firsts for that player and that uh, Lucas just put, that's February 20th. That is a deep receipt. And as of right now, Tyreek Hill is absolutely fucking balling out. And I could not be happier that I went out in this time and managed to acquire more shares of Tyreek Hill than I have ever had uh, in my life. Because when that trade came through, it was, he is dead. He's dust. He couldn't function in a, in a, in a not throw it deep type offense. Well, he's been phenomenal deep this year. He has, um, oh my gosh, he has over six receptions deep. He has a, he's averaging 14.6 yards, I believe per reception. He's scoring touchdowns. He's two touchdowns are on deep balls against Baltimore's broken ass coverage. Thanks for that Tyreek. Um, but he's top five in almost every category four wide receivers this year. He has been an absolute smash all year. And I don't see that changing. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with Tua coming up. We know Teddy Bridgewater is playing this week. I'm not even worried about Teddy too scared uh, Bridgewater coming in for, for Tyree kills value. Tyree kills just an absolute baller. He's barely over the age of 28. He's got multiple years of elite usage. And if you thought he was slowing down, just go watch that Buffalo Bills playoff game where he threw the peace sign up to four players that had an angle. Who were in Patrick, front of him. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes, he's doing just fine, but Tyree Kill is absolutely living his best life in Miami right now. Um, I, I will happily pat myself on the back for not fading a phenomenal talent like Tyree Kill. Just it blew my mind. Jacob? Man, well, I got, I got to embrace 
Billy's uh, is definitely on the other end of the Tyreek thing, man. He's doing phenomenal, phenomenal work. Uh, and I definitely, definitely wish that it hung on to more shares of Mr. Hill. Um, but one thing that I definitely got right for sure, and this certainly includes the other member of this Miami passing attack, um, where it turns out there was no real wrong answer on the Miami passing attack if you had uh, either Hill or Waddle, uh, is this the year one and the year two uh, wide receivers, especially in rookie drafts. I was trading for a ton of 22 first. People were out on the 2022 first class, especially the London and Wilson were the two guys that I wanted to just nail in every single draft that I was trying to get. Uh, I was taking guys... You know, whenever I had the opportunity to Dotson, I was taking a lot of Sky. Hopefully, we'll see more of Rashad White. We'll see more of Dubs. I was on a fucking Romeo Dubs. Um, and in best ball, like, I was going down the list of my exposures. Like, almost my entire uh, exposures in best ball, all the top, was either, like, year one guys or year two guys. And I saw a tweet from Underdog Fantasy. They have the wide receiver risers, the biggest risers in ADP from BBM3 to now. It's Amon Ross St. Brown. Jalen Wall, Christian Kirk, Drake London, Devonta Smith, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. So we have Christian Kirk and everybody else year one or year two. Um, certainly got a lot wrong this year and I'll have misses on some players for sure. We'll see which ones end up progressing, which ones don't. But I think that this is one of those ones where almost regardless of which rookies at the end of the year don't fire because we know that there's going to be some, I'm going to look on mass at a lot of the big hits that I was able to get. So many of them are coming from the year one, the year two guys that I think going um, all in on attacking those. What I thought that the rookie class was really undervalued this year in all formats uh, is going to prove to be on, on general uh, a major net profit. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal calls um, on all the rookie wide receivers. Like, obviously, like you said, there's going to be misses. There's misses every year for a lot of people. Also, sideline star. Um, I know you're re- like you recently saw we love and appreciate you very much. I have been talking about Teddy too scared Bridgewater being ass uh, for two plus years now. So don't have to wait for two weeks. He almost ruined DJ Moore's season with a bad throw in Minnesota. And I'll never forgive him that dude sucks, but Tyree kills amazing. That's just how it is. Look, um, we take a quick second. We come back. We're going to do our player picks. We'll get the hell out of here and set everyone else on their way for the rest of their, I almost called it Thursday night. Why the hell do I think it's Thursday? I don't know. Maybe I just want to get paid. Uh, but hey, we're gonna take a quick second. We come back. Um, we're gonna do our player picks for you. Who to start? Full flex PPR. Jeff Wilson Jr. Rashard Penny. Ramondre Stevenson. It's Stevenson for me. He is looking like he's going to get RB one workload uh, from here on out. Plus, with Mac Jones out, uh, I'm expecting them to lean on their ground game more. Who do you yeah, have? I'm Stevenson, then Wilson, then Penny for me. Boom. All right. Yeah, I, I would agree with that same order. Kenneth Walker, I think he's one or two weeks away from the breakout, or at least that's why I'm telling him to keep him on my <laughs> rosters. That's it. Look, the guys had a great show uh, that day, but fuck, did they get that one wrong? And it does happen. Hey, the start starting sits is difficult. Uh, you can't predict when Rashad Penny's going to absolutely go uh, Berners. Uh, and yeah, like- it's as soon as we can predict it. It's as soon as I am either in or out on him. <laughs> if I'm in on him, he's bad. You're stay in for one more half. Too oh. true. Okay, we're going to do our player picks. Look, every week, Jacob, Billy, and I, we pick players on fantasy uh, fantasy pros uh, ranks in PPR. 
We pick a quarterback outside of the top 15, an RB out of the top 16, a wide receiver out of the top 24, and a wide receiver out of the top 10. We take their collective PPR points. We pit them against each other. And I don't think we've still figured out what the punishment is at the end of the year. I think it's uh, drinks uh, being picked by the other two at the draft show. Uh, Either way, it's a great time. picking players who are freaking active. Yeah, I... I feel every, t- every week it feels like I pick some dude and then he's out and then I forget to put in a backup. Well, you you, you got questionable players. Yeah, you got That's real funny. like cute with your George Kittle call. You even like winked at the camera and you really went in on it. And I respect you for that. But what I don't respect you for is being absolute dog shit at this game. Coming last at one fifty five point four six total points. Billy coming up second, 208.76 points, leaving your host with the most time on his hands, number one. Last year, I got dog-walked in this game, and I am coming back with a vengeance. I will not have my drinks picked for me at the upcoming draft show. It's not going to happen. But right now, I'm coming in with 233.66 total points, and I'll admit it's totally because I picked Gino. Everyone else that I picked last week sucked. Billy, your picks this week that you have locked in right now, uh, you're looking to take first. Yeah, I did the smart move that Jacob decided he didn't want to do last week, and I just picked the Saints quarterback, Jameis slash Dalton. Look, we already we can do that. Team. You're just changing all the rules. I didn't now. know that. They, I didn't know that they were, yeah. they were going to play. He played we, last week. He wasn't even a concern on Tuesday. One, if if your oh, guy God. goes out, you sounded like tweet it. Just tweet it. It's Jerry. What's the we deal? Have a completely fast way to talk to our fans. What's the deal with Winston's back? Anyway, uh, they said he was going to play. Rails, he play. What's going on with Winston? We're off the rails. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to do a move. Andy Dalton's going to play. <laughs> that was well done. As we cut live to Aaron Judge hitting 62. <laughs> As we cut. Oh my God! All right. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to take James <laughs> slash Dalton if he goes out. Go. I'm not going to tweet at y'all and tell you who I sub in if Jameis goes out. I'll take the Saints quarterback. Oh, and Alvin Kamara dig. I dig that. It's, it's going to be a, a shootout. Like, if the Saints want to win this game against Geno, it looks like they're going to have to air it out. So I I think Jameis probably has 400 yards in this game if he plays. Uh, running back, I'm going to take Bubba Bubba Brees. I keep talking about him, and I don't care. Brees Hall is phenomenal. And the fact that he's still the RB27 as he continues to take over that job from Michael Carter, give me Brees Hall all week. Uh, wide receiver, this was a rough week. It feels like wide receiver is always really deep, uh, so you can pick guys in, like, the 40s. But ju- it seems like people have bad matchups this week. So I'm going to take Devonta Smith. Look, the, the Eagles continuously look hot, and they're going up against what I think is probably the worst defense in the league in the Arizona Cardinals, who also have a good enough offense to just run an absolute shootout. So I, I think Devonta Smith has a good chance this week to just catch a deep bomb, and that's all you want out of your wide receiver in this. And then finally, it finally happened. I always make a joke about this guy. I took Gerald Everett against the Browns. Tight end sucks. Take whatever tight end you want outside of the top 10 for this game. But, uh, yeah, someone had to pick Gerald Everett because it feels like we do this every year. <laughs> I, I guess I'm the one. Every, every week, Usually one of me. us must claim. Usually me. I always pick one of the fucking tight ends that starts with E, him or Ingram. <laughs> Fair. Jacob, your picks this week uh, to get well, yourself. Look, it is, 
look, this time we didn't pick anyone with a Q tag. Uh, and because we got to get our ass going here. We have no room for error. And so I got to go to my old trusted mate from the home league here to dig me out against a brutal Washington Commanders defense. We're going with Ryan Tannehill. I know he's losing Traylon Burks. That's a big blow. But Bobby Trees is getting rolling. They're using the boy Chigosium Aconquo. Had three targets on five routes for a touchdown last week. Get me out of here, Tanny. I'm calling for a rushing touchdown this week from Ryan Tannehill. He's going to be a QB1. Then we're going to go with the quietest workhorse running back in fantasy football. He's been up over an 80% snap rate the last two weeks. He's playing on the high-powered Buffalo Bills offense, and they're playing the Steelers in Kenny Pickett's first start. I expect him to blow out the Steelers, leaving plenty of carries, plenty of targets, plenty of opportunities for my man Kraft Singles, Devin Singletary. Moving on, the Raiders' defense has been curing everybody's woes this year. Anybody who's having troubles, just play the Raiders' defense. It'll be fine. And so outside of week two, this guy's had a really nice role. He has not found the end zone yet. This changes this week. I'm going with Juju Smith-Schuster to get me back okay. off the schneid here against the Las Vegas Raiders. And finally, we're going with another man more close to my heart from the home league to bring back the old home league frozen tundra stack with Ryan Tannehill. His routes have been rising every single week. Now they have no Jahan Dawson. The target tree continues to consolidate. I'm going with the man, Logan Thomas, to get in the end zone okay. this week against the Tennessee Titans, especially after the Titans were just destroyed by like seven different tight ends on the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I really just can we get Kylan Granson a touchdown, please? This is getting absolutely ridiculous. He's gonna have two this week. <laughs> Probably when nobody's <laughs> they, they come in pairs. That's what happens. Yeah. Woods got two, Cox got two, now it'll be Granson gets two. Sideline, we'll answer that question in a minute. We're just trying to get through this. We can get to the end of the program without it being an hour and a half long show. Uh, that's partially my fault because I ramble a lot. Uh, apparently, because on every show that I'm not on, it goes to exactly just an hour. So I guess I'll just go fuck myself. Uh, for me this week, no, I'm me going. And Jacob just aren't conversational. <laughs> I am going with Teddy Too Scared Bridgewater. He's QB 21. He has a high powered offense. I just need him to not absolutely be terrible. And like I said, Tyree Kill. I think uh, he can carry it. My running back this week, well, I'm going back to Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, He has an absolutely phenomenal matchup. We don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be. I'm going to double down on him getting a touchdown. And look, if uh, Rashad Dogshit Penny can do it, I think that Ramondre Stevenson, who I think is a better talent uh, than Penny, can also destroy this absolutely terrible uh, Detroit defense. So I'm looking forward to that at wide receiver. I'm going with Curtis Samuel. Uh, he's the wide receiver 29 and taking a little bit deeper dives here. Curtis Samuel, steady, solid, just need the points to keep the lead. That's the name of this game right now. And so I'm hoping for a good five to six reception day for about 50 yards. Just keep me ahead of Billy at this point. I'm playing defense yeah, I'm and I'm going that. back. To, I'm going back uh, to, uh, you know, old reliable David and Joku. He is tight end 11 on the week. Uh, look, Brissett can find a tight end. Maybe he will rebound after a horrible week last week. Uh, it was all about the ground game, but and Joku uh, shouldn't donut me. And again, I'm just trying to hold a lead at this point while the other two losers here try to play catch up uh, as fast as they can. That's our player picks. Let's go right to the look. We are. 
uh, presented by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is phenomenal. If you haven't gotten in on it, if you miss out on the best ball, don't worry. Best ball will be back next year. Jacob is out there in the best ball streets pretty much every day. The second week 18 hits. So he will be back on that grind. But if you don't want to miss out and you want to play along with us, you can go to Underdog Fantasy. You can go to the app. You can go to the website. If you never played before, you can sign up with promo code FULLTILT, F-U-L-L-T-I-L-T. They will match your first deposit up to $100. That is many free entries. For example, Best Ball Mania was a $25 entry. That's four free entries if you use promo code FULLTILT. Every week, Billy, Jacob, and I give you some picks that you can use to win yourself some money. And because I am a dum-dum, I closed the show sheet. So I will let Billy read them off for you because I closed the show sheet. Now I can't read them after that phenomenal ad read. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, so we got our weekly picks right now. Uh, I went ahead and took the Matt Ryan over on half an interception. That feels like a gimme with his best wide receiver covered by Sertan this week. So I, it felt like, I mean, Usually these picks are estimated to be about a 50-50. That's the goal of what they want to do so they can make them so they can give you all the best chance, hit your coin flip, win that. Uh, but Matt Ryan is doing this in 75% of games right now. So give, give me Matt Ryan. We're taking uh, the pick. Over half an interception. Tom, do you got yours or do you want me to read it off? Oh no, go ahead. You read them all. I closed the show sheet like a dumb dumb. All right, Tom, Tom went ahead and took Ramondre Stevenson over 54 and a half. I'm guessing that's total yards yes. versus Detroit. And then Marcus Mariota under 235 and a half passing yards. Either one. You take it. This is a four. You take all four and you, you protect it. Yeah. That's how you structure it. Yeah, that, that, that feels like a pretty good one. And then finally, Jacob over here. Took Zach Ertz over 40 and a half receiving yards. That one feels promising. Ertz looks great Yeah. while, while we wait for Hopkins to come back. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. He's been worth every time hey, I traded. I had, the, I had the show sheet open. I could have said mine, but. Yeah, you could have. Hey, Billy, Billy took Zach Ertz over 40 and a half. <laughs> We're going to get this shit figured out today. Uh, we had one question before we take off. Would you guys pick up Madison or Rashad White? Obviously, picking Rashad White, White should already be rostered in our. They should both be rostered in every regular. Like, these are really high upset handcuffs. That's exactly what you want on your bench. For sure. But if you're asking priority, it's Rashad I would White. Take White. But I, I want both. Like, I'm dropping somebody else too, and I'm going to get both. Correct. Uh, Rashad, they, you pick them both up, but priority should be Rashad White. He looked phenomenal. He finally got to play. And they were there was tilt about four nets. So interesting. Or oh, we'll keep an eye on that. Guys, that's our program. We're at an hour and fifteen. Again, shout out to Fantasy Points and the media group for having us. We can't wait. Uh just an absolutely phenomenal uh partnership. It means oh, a lot to cool. us. Uh we couldn't have done without you guys. So go to fantasypoints.com, go sign up, go do it, and go check out all the amazing other affiliates. Um on on the brand. Lots more to come for that. Uh just phenomenal. Jacob, final thoughts before we get out of here. Nope, I'm all good. You can follow me on Twitter, F underscore RTDB. Check out the Hitchhiker's Guide to Running Back for Week 5. Check out uh, the rest of my podcast slate. We're going to record Sweat and Bullets right after I get off on this one. That'll probably be out Thursday. Wednesday, of course, with Chase and Shane. And then Friday for the Big Tilt with Chase. Billy? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, as always, at BigBillyFF. I want to do more stuff. I promise y'all I want to do more stuff. But school sucks. So... <laughs> Right now, I, I'm going to keep posting random BS tweets on Twitter, fun statistic, 
that's what I enjoy doing. So I'll, I'll be playing around with shout out Spaceman's da- database because it's so much fun to play around with and look through. So that that's that's where y'all can find me, and that's what I'll be doing. Shout out to Spaceman. That database is. It is top tier and elite tier. And look for me. I just want to say this. Uh, I've said it a couple of times, but when I say it means a lot to us for the support that we've been given since we kicked off this show as a joke to our league mates, uh, two and a half, almost three years ago, uh, getting to this point is not somewhere where I had ever expected where Jacob's out there doing phenomenal work. Billy is out here helping us grow this, this pod. And again, becoming uh, the stats man himself and then getting the fantasy points is just absolutely phenomenal. We couldn't do it with everyone. Uh, look, if you're going and you're listening, wherever you're listening, uh, Spotify, iTunes, if you're on YouTube, subscribe, leave a comment. It really helps to drive the chart, leaves a review. Tell me that my, my hat needs to be washed, my shirt smells. doesn't matter what you say. As long as you say something, it helps drive us up the charts. Fantasy football can be a real bitch. Uh, it, it's highs and lows. Um, you still have to enjoy it. So remember what we're here to do. Remember that it is early. Remember that you are not dead in the water quite yet, unless you're playing against me in player picks, in which case just give up, stop trying, it's over. Remember to check in on your loved ones. Remember that there are human beings on the other side of your screens. That's also very important. Uh, remember, to, like I said, check in on your loved ones, even if you don't think they need it. Remember that Clear Rats and Full Hearts can never lose. And goddamn, you can find us with the Devry Show on Wednesday, and you can catch us back with the walkabout on Friday. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Your best days, they're always spent tilting. Good night, everyone.